Hey there, welcome to episode number 16 of The Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and if you've ever made a huge transition in your career, you are gonna wanna listen to this episode because today I'm chatting with my friend, Corinne Elder, about her transition from life in the corporate world to becoming a freelancer. In this episode, she shares lessons in leading with her intuition, how she has stopped trying to please others so that she can create space to say yes to her dreams. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week, we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. This episode of The Courage Cast is brought to you by something that is very near and dear to my heart. It is my passion to empower women to live more bravely, and maybe you found yourself a little uncertain of how to move your life forward. If that's you and you're ready to reignite your confidence and change your perspective on what you're fully capable of, and if you wanna break free once and for all from your limiting beliefs to live your purpose, then Breakthrough Coaching is for you. So let's have a conversation to find out what's really holding you back so that you can reframe your mindset and get the clarity you need to move forward both personally and professionally. Let's connect at andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. Hey friends, I can't wait to introduce you to my guest today. Hailing from Montreal, Quebec, she is a talented writer specializing in career, fashion, and lifestyle. After several years in the corporate world as a social media manager and copywriter, she took her side hustle full-time and is now living out her dream as a contributor for sites like Coveteur, Create and Cultivate, Monster, Teen Vogue, Shopify, and 818 Agency. Her mission is to offer guidance and mentorship to women by aligning with brands that value self-expression, integrity, and impact. Her vivacious spirit is evident in all that she does, and she has quickly become a good friend. I would like to introduce you to my good friend, Corinne Elder. Hey, Corinne, I am so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. And I'm so glad that now that we've actually met in person and because we've been online friends for over six months that we can actually do this having known each other, having sat across from yeah. each other in a real restaurant. And and now we get to chat. And so uh, I'm really excited for you to share your story today with people, but we have a really cool story of how we met. And so I want to just share that with people first. So you remember, obviously, because it's... Of course. <laughs> so we yeah. were actually online um, on a Facebook Live that um, was done by Promised Tangeman and Jasmine Starr, whom we love. Shout out yes. to them. And yes. they were doing a series <laughs> called The Brandologists. And so I'm going to pass it over to you. Yes. So during that Facebook Live, Promise and Jasmine were prompting everyone in the who was in the Facebook Live to introduce themselves, say where they're from, what they do. So we both, we each did that, Andrea and I. And then she, she direct messaged me after the fact and said, oh, so cool that you're also a Canadian. And she said that she's a life coach. She loves that I'm a copywriter. Maybe there's an opportunity to, to chat and collaborate in the future. So we made a Skype date and 
chatted for, I think, about two hours. That was like our first conversation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I realized, heck yeah, I need a life coach. <laughs> and and also I realized that she needed, um, she wanted some support in copywriting. So so it was it was a perfect collaboration and and friendship and that was a bit over a year ago already yeah and it's amazing because i think oftentimes like we have we can build online relationships and people don't put a lot of um of stock into that but we've really been able to really get to know each other just online it's like an old-fashioned pen pal type relationship that is now yeah. in the modern age and and yeah like so I've coached you you've written copy for me and also uh, been to been able to collaborate on a couple of pieces which you're going to share about in just a second and yes. which has been so cool so I am just so glad that we finally um, met in person a couple weeks ago and I think um we owe it really all to Jasmine and Promise. So we'll have to take them out to drinks. We'll go to LA and, and visit them. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So ladies, if you're listening to this, be ready because we're coming for you. What's been especially great. Um, sorry, I just have to shout out to you again, Andrea, just that um, in the, my coveter pieces and a piece for Monster recently and Create and Cultivate, you've always provided such great insight into my into my article. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. that's been great. Um, okay, so courage. Um, I'm trying to think about the process of how I took the leap. But I guess I would say that um, I've always, you know, I've been working in the corporate world for since 2000, really. So I'm kind of dating myself now. <laughs> but um, I've always, yeah, I've always done the corporate thing, steady job. But I started to feel kind of like a pull um, or it's just something in my gut in my gut that I just felt like there's something more that I should be doing. And um, although I, I actually did love my job and everything about my job, I just felt like there was another purpose that that I should be pursuing. So um, I was thinking about it for a few months and um, and I, you know, I had spoken to my husband about it as well, that I want to go out on my own. And he totally supported me 100% with my decision. And I weighed the pros and cons and decided finally to to resign and take that leap of faith. For sure, I was nervous. And I remember telling people about my decision after having resigned. And everyone, everyone's response was, wow, that's so brave of you. And I, I saw it as brave, but to be honest, I felt that it would have been, how do I explain this? Um, I was more afraid of not taking the leap. Like that, like that created more fear, like that almost the fear of missing out, the fear of not taking that risk. Um, the fear of being 60 and feeling like I never, I never took that leap. So that felt greater than, than leaving the comfort of my corporate job. And I also feel that at the end of the day, you know, I felt what's the worst that could happen. Worst case, 
if if it doesn't work, I just go back go back to another job or or even to the same job. Why not? Because I did leave on good terms, so that was all good. Um, but to help to help manage my fear, I did kind of have an exit strategy, which consisted of um, you know first putting some feelers out there, just gathering some contract work on the side. And then when I saw that I had enough, I had about one, uh, two contracts lined up, then I felt I had enough of a cushion to to manage that risk. Mm-hmm. So that helped for sure. Yeah, I love how you, you mentioned how when you were thinking about staying or leaving, you were thinking about, well, what if I stay? Like, what are my options if I stay? Well, how am I going to feel versus the risk of like, I have complete uncertainty about what's going to happen next, but I'm willing to leap into that because I don't want to look back after, you know, however many years and go, man, I wish I would have done that. And I know like, um, you've got kids, you've got two beautiful little girls. Like how did that factor into your decision as well? So for sure, um, you know, for practical purposes, having more flexibility to be around more. Um, and I also, I always, um, I'm definitely a feminist and, and want my daughters to also feel that they can do whatever they want in life. Yeah. And um, so, you know, my daughters always, they always saw me working and they, they knew that I went to a full-time job. But the funny thing is that now, even though I work from home, they still understand that I'm working. So that's, I, I guess they're pretty progressive mm-hmm. in that sense. So they get it. Um, and I also felt that if I'm not living my truth and if I'm not, um, if I'm not doing what I feel that I should be doing, or if I'm not taking that next step, then I feel like I would start to feel resentment or just like a feeling inside that maybe they would feel as well. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they would sense that. So I, I love that my daughters see also that you could at a, as a woman and B as a person craft your own career. Yeah. And, and you can show them that it's okay to, to take, um, risk and to make hard choices and not necessarily to do the status quo. Totally. A hundred percent. And it's funny because they totally get that even, you know, if I'm working in, in my home office, like they won't, um, they won't interrupt. They're totally respectful. So, uh, I rarely have that BBC interview <laughs> moment where they barge in. It has happened a few times, but the people on the other end are okay. <laughs> they're understanding. Um, but yeah, they're. I, I love that they understand that I do my own thing, and for sure, you know, just being more available to them also does did factor into my decision too, because I felt at the end of the day you know, at least I'm, I'm able to pick them up from school if I want to or attend activities at their school. And then if that means that I just work more at night, then that's, that's my choice. And mm-hmm. yeah, so, so that's been great. That's awesome. Now, 
when you were thinking about leaving and um, you're thinking about having that courage, you probably probably were processing through, oh, I have to be courageous. You're probably just thinking, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. But now when you look back, what would you say your all of your life experiences have really taught you about having the courage to pursue your dreams? What would you say some of the lessons that you've learned? So for sure, um, sometimes I feel that I can be a bit witchy, like I have um, a sixth, sixth sense. Yeah. <laughs> and um, maybe that's just after a lot of experience. But I've definitely had a couple of jobs throughout my career where I felt this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Like I literally felt like sick, like um, just that this is not the right fit. So, you know, whenever I was in those jobs, I never lasted more than two months. Like I would always leave within two months, let's say, because I just, um, yeah, I knew it wasn't for me and my body was telling me that. Um, so that I've definitely learned to lead with my or think with my intuition. Um, and the second thing, I would say that I've learned in general, and, and this is something that you've helped me um, realize a lot, Andrea, through our coaching, is that I'm definitely a people pleaser. Um, I love, I always want to please and aim to please, which for sure has its negatives as, mm. as an entrepreneur. But I've learned that it's better to say no, better to say no and set boundaries, even though I'm afraid of disappointing or afraid of making waves, mm-hmm. be it with friends, family, or clients. And for sure, um, this sounds super cliche and and sorry if it does, but the whole notion of life being too short and um, that, you know, we live in such a YOLO world, uh, for sure, you only live once. Yeah. But now the, the older we get, um, the more we realize just that life is so fleeting. So it's really important to just every day be grateful and, and love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, better to be doing that than, like I said, wake up at 60 and say, oh, man, I, I didn't go after that. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked a lot about the the people-pleasing thing and um, about how it's... Now, I'm not a people-pleaser, generally speaking, Um, (laughs) but I do like to... I do like to have that feeling that people are happy with me or they like what I do or they they affirm me in some ways. So I I do get that, but I, I definitely don't make decisions based out of you know, I'm going to do this because this will make a person happy. So I want to kind of like even go there with you if you don't mind. For sure. And just talk about like, how have you been able to really navigate that and, and pull yourself from really pleasing others to live your truth? So that's a great question. I think for sure, throughout my coaching with you, which, which has helped tremendously, I think as well, 
for sure doing an audit of which businesses and projects that I love the most, really the ones that get me in my zone, that I wake up, I look forward to tackle and and to work on, and the ones that give me life. Right. Versus some other projects that drain me. So whereas fear, what happened was exactly um, a year and a half ago when I went out on my own, I was saying yes to everybody and everything that came my way. So part of that was for sure fear. I I actually would say most of it was fear driven Mm -hmm. because I was saying yes, because I was afraid if I say no, I'm going to disappoint that person. First of all, you know, let's say somebody, let's say a friend of mine referred me to a project Mm -hmm. and I felt that project might not do it for me, but I felt that I had to say yes, because then that person wouldn't refer me to others again. Right. So it was kind of people pleasing in a thinking of the future kind of way, but also saying yes, because I wasn't a hundred percent sure where my next paycheck was coming from. So I would just say yes, yes, yes. And then after four months, I felt, I just felt drained, like again, close to burnout, which I had felt at some times in my corporate job, um, you know, feeling, just feeling like I was pulled in a million directions and not necessarily, still not necessarily doing what I had set out to do originally, which is write for magazines. So I was just being pulled in so many different directions. And then, you know, lining up the projects that I loved versus those that were stealing my energy helped me focus on my, my true yeses versus my nos. So it, uh, it took some, some time and some having to have conversations with clients where I would say, you know what, I, um, I won't be able to work with you anymore, but it's all been super positive. Everyone's been super understanding. And I've really noticed that just all those, like the projects that I'm now working on have only become available because there's more room for them. Mm -hmm. So creating that space by saying no, creating boundaries within your life around what you are willing to work on, what your really, uh, what your heart's desire is. Your truth, yes. how you say you said earlier, just your truth and how that that is lived out in your life, which I think is cool. Now, you had had a, we had a conversation a while back, and I remember you were telling me I think you had been at an amusement park, and do you remember that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you got a a, yeah. a, a text or an email from a client asking you to do something, and yeah. your response. What was your response in that moment? Well, right away it was, well, my real response or my mental response? Well, your, your mental response, then your real response. <laughs> <laughs> so the mental one was, oh, crap, I really don't have time for that. Well, not that I don't have time, but I'm standing in line for a ride with my kids. It was Saturday or Sunday. Um, can't do this right now. My written response was, sure, when do you need it by? <laughs> <laughs> and 
it was, yeah, literally me sitting there frantically getting something to the client ASAP and my kids tugging at my, at my t-shirt saying, mommy, mommy, it's our turn for the ride. And me saying one minute, one minute. And yeah, so that was a hundred percent fear based fear Mm -hmm. of letting that person down where the ironic thing is the fear should have been more disappointing my children, Mm -hmm. but it was more, yeah, that fear of, oh, I, I don't want to let this person down. I I want them to be happy that they're working with me. I want to please them. So now, you know, what you've taught me is, well, why are you even opening your email at an amusement park? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now I've definitely learned to put the the phone away unless I'm taking an Instagram of, of the moment, Mm -hmm. but definitely just, there was no reason for me to be opening my email. That was just me being on autopilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, you know, we often, I think we all can fall into that trap of Mm -hmm. not being present when we need to be, or, um, allowing something else to take the place of priority what should be our priority in our life so for some people it's family for other people it might be something that looks a little different but Mm -hmm. you know I think that's really up like just even having like the fear of letting opportunities that you're passionate about slip by yeah so I think I I also suffer from fear of missing out. Okay. So FOMO. So it's kind of that feeling of wanting to wanting to enjoy everything, which is also fear based because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's fear based and also self-destructive because you can't be everywhere at once. You can't enjoy every, you can't, um, no one has energy to dance at every party literally and it's okay to say no and be selfish and enjoy me time but for sure I've I've definitely felt afraid to say to to friends or loved ones you know what I'm gonna sit this one out I I really just want to relax out of fear of disappointment now have you ever taken now, anyone who's already listened to a few of these podcasts are going to have already heard me reference this, but have you taken the Enneagram yet? No. What's okay. that? Well, I'm going to send it to you because I'm. Okay. It's, <laughs> um, it is a personality type uh, quiz or test, which is really helpful um, for understanding how you see the world and how you process things and. I think oftentimes there is a type of person, and I'm not going to typecast you in in this number, but there is a number that really spends a lot of time uh, wanting to be wherever the excitement and the fun is and the best thing, and they live out of that place. And so that's really interesting for me to hear you say, because there there is then a fear associated also with missing out. So it's not just of, you know, fearful of, you know, not pleasing people, but also fear of what if I'm not where, 
the cool thing is or the activity or yeah that's and you know that's so funny that I said FOMO fear of missing out without realizing the word fear is there yes absolutely that's so crazy that I you know just because FOMO is so part of our lingo today but that's exactly it that and that fear of missing out for sure has plagued me in business as well because my mind starts to think what if that opportunity is going to lead to this huge thing and you know my mind plays those tricks on me but I have to realize there is also I, I actually just got um like an email about this today that there's also joy of missing out Oh, which is, what is the whole, so it's the whole thing associated with saying no, putting yourself first, um, having the ability to say, I'm going to sit this one out and indulge in self-care even one night, you know, like on a Friday night, it's okay if everybody's at the, at the club and I'm home, you know, doing a skincare ritual <laughs> and watching Netflix, <laughs> that's okay. Cause you know, if, if that's what I'm in the mood to do, then that's, that's self care. Yeah. The joy of missing out. I love that. That's really cool actually. And you know, it, within the show notes, I'm going to put in, um, this link and I'm also going to send it to you, Karine, but it's exploreyourtype.com forward slash details, which is a great quiz to take for the Enneagram and I'll include that in the show notes. But if people are interested in um, finding more about their personality, I think that would be a great thing for you um, to check out. Now, I want to ask you a question Mm because you've had a, you've had some really amazing things happen lately. I've loved how um, you've really grown in your pursuit of getting the right clients. And, mm-hmm. um, what would you say you've accomplished in your career that you're maybe the most proud of? I think I would say that I, I feel that I've manifested, um, some of the accomplishments that I've had. So when I left, when I left my job, I remember saying, it's as if I had a vision board. I didn't actually have a vision, a physical vision board. But I said to myself, I want to write for Coveter, which I've always been a fan of, and, and Teen Vogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, my voice is very much within theirs. And after, I would say, some hustling online, you know, just email hustling, emailing the right people, pitching myself, I I, I made it happen. So... It's, I, I can't believe that I can actually, um, you know, that you can set your sights on something and just having the, the focus to do it can, and it can actually become a reality. So can you, can you like maybe talk me through that? Like, what does that look like sure. for you? So when you're, when you're saying like, okay, I have this board and I'm visualizing like what, if people don't do that, what does that look like to you? Hmm. I think it's literally living and breathing what you're going after. So consuming, so, you know, in the case of magazines, for example, or if it's a brand that somebody's buying to work at, uh, it's 
really consuming every aspect of the brand. So, you know, obviously following them on social media, getting a sense of their language, their tone, what they talk about. And then, you know, really inserting yourself in that world. So you're, you speak their language. Mm -hmm. And I think also just saying it to people, you know, so let's say either, you know, if you put it on a physical vision board, then it's reminding you kind of like a, like a compass. It's reminding, or a map. It's reminding you of your goal every day. So you're not going to steer from that. Mm-hmm. Also, verbally manifesting it, I would say, you know, by sharing it with, you know, let's say a life coach like yourself, a mentor, uh, a friend or two, you you just, you become more accountable to stick to that goal. So I think just saying it out loud, um, expressing it, or just having it up somewhere in your room just helps you helps keep you in line. You know, I I completely agree, and I started doing this myself probably uh, a couple years ago as well. And I've seen the power of it, and um, I've seen how my mindset has really had to change around what I believe for. So my totally. faith being activated in times where maybe I would have been insecure before about, I would never get a client like this, or this would never happen. When I set my sights on something, then all of a sudden I have to change my thought patterns and my language, because if I continue to say the negative stuff, then I'm just inviting that. Whereas if I've you know said, no, like I, I am, um, a great coach and I can get this kind of client or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever it may be for different people's lives, what your, what your goal is, I guess. But I, so I love that you've been able to kind of see that and, and, and manifest it. Like, I I think that's an interesting word. People throw around quite a bit (laughs) manifesting. Yeah. And so like even for you um, with with being able to do that and and so you said that that's a great accomplishment. Is there anything else that maybe you would say is something you've accomplished within your career? Uh, So maybe two more quick things or or two more things. I would say, first of all, um, one of the first the first magazines I wrote for was Create and Cultivate, which I'm also, well, we're both obsessed with and and I've been to their conferences as well. And I wrote a piece for them about not using the word just, never, you know, writing in an email and just following up or just want to say, because it's a huge pet peeve of mine. So I wrote that article uh, exactly a year ago, actually. And till today, people, you know, friends of mine on the street or acquaintances, they'll they'll tell me that they have that article bookmarked, either printed or bookmarked as a constant reminder to delete the word and that they never they never thought about how damaging or harmful the word just could be, but that I opened their eyes to it and now they always find themselves deleting the word. So I, I'm amazed that my words made such an impact on, on people mm-hmm. so that like, um, yeah, that, that just 
really makes me so warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. And the second thing, I I um I've always wanted to live in New York in in general. So great city. Yes. So love New York. Have always been obsessed since eight pre Sex in the City era since mid I would say mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is how things work out that I I always I'm very um I follow a lot of brands and companies online on social media and one of the ones that I was following was an agency called 818 who I currently write for I contribute to their to their blog and to their content and they're based in in Brooklyn and I always followed um their CEO on LinkedIn and Twitter and while I was at my full-time job, I saw a posting, a, a job posting for a content editor, freelance content editor. So I applied and that was one of the first contracts that I landed while I was at my full-time job. And I still work with them today. So it's coming up to two years actually. And the funny thing is that it it bridges that New York feeling for me a bit because even though I don't. I don't necessarily go there often, uh, for real. I, I'm. You know, we collaborate online um, on Google Hangouts, and and I do. I do go to New York at times, but it's just funny how I'm not physically in New York, but a lot of the work that I do is New York based. So it's uh, it's just funny how things turn out that that my business card for this agency actually says Brooklyn on it. Yeah. So I can actually say I have street cred. <laughs> you definitely do. But that is cool because it's like, you know, a desire of your heart to have done that To But your life is currently based out of Montreal, but yet you still get to live out part of your dream by working with a company in, yeah. in New York, which I think is awesome. So that's that's pretty cool. So, I, and I love New York too. So if I ever, you know, I'm going to go for a couple months, we'll be, I'll, I'll hit you up and you can come down and we can... Yeah, have a girl hang. trip. <laughs> Definitely. Totally. I, love, I love New York. Now, you know, I, there are probably people that are listening that might be still in their full-time nine-to-five job. Right. And they're thinking about what it would look like for them, weighing the pros and cons of, um, you know, can I take the leap? Can I start my own business? Um, Whether it be online, whether it be something that is brick and mortar, whatever it would be, they're probably thinking to themselves, um, well, probably a lot of things, a lot of those fears that you mentioned earlier. But if you were to say something to them to encourage or just even... um, to help them out, what what would be your words to them? That's tough. <laughs> That's a tough question. I would say, for sure, not you know, not to do anything too hasty mm-hmm. or rash, because I do think it's very important to for your for you to be following your passion. But there is also a whole misconception that you know you're if you're doing what you love, you're never working a day in your life. But if you, you know, as an entrepreneur, it could mean more work even. And, and 
you know, it could be even harder to find the work-life balance. So I would say, I think while, while someone's at their full-time job, I think it helps to, you know, maybe seek out the advice of, of a coach or mentor outside of the company or, you know, a set of close friends and, you know, think about it. And I think, I think it helps to seek, you know, see if you can do something on the side first, see if it's a possibility, but for sure not to get too trapped in that limbo state where you're in the full-time job and also doing the side hustle because it could get, you know, you might be, um, get in a situation where you're not giving 100% energy to either. Right. So, but maybe it just, it's a good testing ground with the side hustle to test, is this what I want to be pursuing? You know, it could be possible to, to do both depending on the kind of career you have. But I would just say with, you know, in terms of courage, like I said earlier, you know, I ask myself, will I, am I afraid of never, am I more afraid of never having done this? Or, or never having tried. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just weighing the, um, you know, is the fear of not doing something greater than being in the same situation. Exactly. I love that. I love that. I think that is great advice for pretty much anything that anybody would want want to, to know about. And, and even yeah. I would say also because creating a timeline around yeah. when you want to decide and yes. when you want to either say, okay, I'm in or out. A hundred percent. And when I say, you know, actually, um, I keep saying side hustle as if, you know, if, if somebody's in the corporate world and they want to undergo a career change, it's funny because I automatically think they want to start their own thing. But it could actually just be a career pivot, which is fine. Like maybe someone is realizing uh, they're not, they don't want to be, they no longer want to be doing what they're doing. They are actually more interested in whatever and maybe going back to school or being a, a teacher or so it doesn't even have to necessarily be corporate or entrepreneur. It could just be a different career path altogether. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think our generation now, especially because they go to school and they think, oh, I, I actually don't want a job in this field. Yeah. And they're then thinking, well, do I go back to school? Go, I go back and get a certification? Do I? And I think that being able to have that courage to say, yeah, I can do that. Doesn't matter what other people say I can I can definitely take that leap myself so I think that's great that you clarified that because you're right there's not not everyone is going into a side hustle oftentimes exactly (laughs) oftentimes it's something completely different or they're 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 wanting to follow their dream in another way and oftentimes they're wanting to leave their nine to five and they want to go and stay home with their kids and they're wondering what what does that look like if I do that so there's so many different things. And so thank you for highlighting that. So yeah, for sure. Now for sure. I have loved chatting with you. I'm pretty sure I could ask you like 10 more questions and uh, we could chat forever, but 
I wanted to say thank you so much for really sharing your heart, your life, and um, this gold with people and so that they can really learn from you and what what you've learned along the way. So thank you very much. Thank you. It was so much fun. I also feel like I can do this for hours. So Well, we <laughs> so definitely we'll... can. Yeah. So it's either Toronto or Montreal, you know, our next co- our next breakfast date. But um, where can people find you if they're looking to connect with you? Sure. So they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at um, at always Kareen. So it's always and then Kareen, K-A-R-I-N. Awesome. And, um, and so thank you very, very much. I will definitely put all of this in the show notes. So if people want to connect with you, they can definitely do that. But thank you again. We will definitely do this another time. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Bye. I just love talking to women who are willing to face their fear and to live bravely. And my friend Corinne does that in spades and she is totally inspiring to me. So if you want to access the show notes, which will have links to some of her articles, as well as to be able to connect with her, you can do so at thecouragecast.com. And if you want to jump on board on our Live Brave Challenge, we just started it yesterday. So please head over to andreacrisp.ca and join us. Until next time, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.